FM Breakfast Show with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. We are so glad to have you joining here on 80, joining us here on 87.6, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that I just keep winning. Okay. I just keep, just keep, just keep winning. winning. Yeah. Like in life, uh-huh. in in everything. Praise God. Just just win, win, win. Better than everyone else. You know. Yeah, you know, whatever. you know, you know how whatever. you know how it was. It, goes. it was going well until he got to that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't know. I went go karting last night, and it's cleaned everybody up. It's like it's an unfair thing. Like, okay, we play board <laughs> games. Everyone's I've on the same level. I've seen you go go karting and get some pretty stuff. Stiff competition from time to time. Yeah, but not last night. No, not <laughs> last night. Nah, I, don't know. I just we we just went out. It was, it was like it was such a fun afternoon, but it was like kind of like I kind of have this experience now where I'm um, just like it's not that I don't try. It's just like because usually when you go go karting, it's like they they compare the fastest lap times. Yes, but you'll go out on the track and there'll be so many people who are like who have never driven it before. And that's they, slow, and you get you lap them, and you have to you get know, past them. Yeah, and, and it takes time. So I just go out and just have fun, like battling. Like I find my people on the track, and then I'm just like running. We just run into each other. It's like that's like my favorite thing. Okay, 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 okay. So um, if you are the owner of the local go kart <laughs> racing track here, and you're hearing this right now. Now, keep an eye out for Lawson because he does have fun running. I, I challenge anyone listening to the show right now to a go kart race, and you will lose. That's that's the real that's the real thing. It's on. It's on. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Time for us to get into our quiz. Of course, only a four day quiz this week, as we'll be both involved with AYC on Friday. Lawson, let's have our first question. All right, first question for the quiz. When Jesus was asked if he paid taxes, what animal concealed the coin with which to pay the taxes? 0491 is the number to call or text. And if you want extra points, tell us who found the fish. I just gave away the answer. <laughs> okay, no, that's a good question. That's a good question. All right, we will make that the question instead. Who? Because it was in a fish. Okay. Yes. Who found the fish with the tax money in it? Wow. So the answer was fish. She gave it away and saved it at the I same time. I saved it, though. Who found the fish with the money in it? Oh, yes. you know, God's looking out for me this morning, guys. God, <laughs> God is. He's helping, he's helping us out. 0491-064-669. If you know the answer, you will go into the draw to win Food as Medicine and A Taste as Food as Medicine. One is the full cookbook. The other is a small kind of give-out book that you can give to friends and whatnot to help them out if they're looking for recipes. Uh, but, yeah, you will go into the draw to win, which will be drawn tomorrow. So, again, that number is 0491-064-669. Who found the fish? in which the tax money was concealed. Okay, let's uh, give us a call right now if you know the answer to that. Uh, Lawson, let's talk about some positively different news this morning. Okay, positively different news. Uh, this, is, this is, yep, a win. Uh, you don't have to use Zoom anymore. Cool. You I... sh- actually, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. So if someone asks you to use it, say no. Okay. Say, say I don't want to use Zoom right. because I want to like my face. Uh, some research has been done out of the University of Illinois that has shown that the more you use Zoom, the more you grow to hate your own face. 
Really? Because you're looking at a bunch of faces and your own faces and your own face all the time. Ah, so I'm just sort of thinking, how is this different from looking in the mirror? Mm. But it's kind of like looking in the mirror and everyone else at the same time, which we don't you normally do. That's right. Normally when we look in the mirror, we just look at ourselves. And that's right. And when we're in a social setting with lots of other people, we don't look at ourselves. We look at them. them. But all it does when you're in Zoom, and guys, like, just just admit it, like, in most of Zoom meetings, like, unless I actively try and close, like, my own window so I can't see my face, because if it's open, I'll just keep looking up at myself, like, oh, do I look weird right now? I do it all the time, and so many people else, like, it's like a phenomenon that we keep, we'll be in a Zoom meeting with lots of other people, but we'll keep looking at ourselves to make sure if we look weird or not. But that is actively making you hate your own appearance. The only reason when I'm in a Zoom meeting I, I look at myself is to make sure that people aren't realising I'm having a meeting in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, guys, if, if – well, I guess the other solution is just to close your own, like, kind of the face, you know, your own face so you don't see it. But, yeah, if, uh, if someone asks you to do a Zoom meeting, say, no, I want to – not, and I'm not talking about, like – intense self-love and and pride here i'm just say just say i don't want to be self-conscious about my face so no thank you you know talk to me in person that's what that's what you should do that, that, well there's the solution give, right give me a phone call where i can't see myself you know that that's the go no i i think this is fantastic because uh i very much dislike zoom and uh, I've grown to really kind of lament having to call people on Zoom. But, like, at the same well, time... Well, we all did get square eyes, but it saves so much in fuel. It saves so much right. in emissions. It saves so much in time. It is a very convenient way of doing a lot of things. What I don't like about Zoom is, like, the meetings of, like, face-to-face meetings. Like, that that just grates me super hard. I love getting on Zoom every Sunday morning. We have a church prayer meeting. And we jump on and we all talk. But you can do that in a phone call as well. We just use Zoom because that's like our our method. But, you know, having to just sit there and look at each other and pretend like we're all having like lots of fun, uh, I'm just I'm just not about it. But you are having lots of fun. You're having prayer meeting. No, no. But that's during prayer meeting where there is – you can't see anyone. I'm talking about like a Zoom meeting in general. There, there is some Zoom meetings that I'm a part of, like kind of like monthly things for work. And I don't know. It's okay. But now I'm like – I'm, I, I've seen the truth. A board meeting. It, essentially, yeah. Actually, we, we have board meetings, but we get together in person for, for my church. So, anyways, interesting study. So, yeah, this is just interesting. It was based on a study that was done where they kind of monitored a few different uni clubs that was happening at the University of Illinois. Uni clubs that were getting together on Zoom, you know, having those kinds of meetings. And they found that people participating in those hated their faces more the more they use Zoom. So, I anyway. think I would like my face the more I use Zoom. Why? I like my face. You just like looking at it? I, why not? God, <laughs> God made it, so it's amazing. <laughs> well, this is the thing, guys. You know, uh, as the Bible says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made and there your you works there are you awesome and amazing. But that is the, the same- solution right there. If you're using Zoom a lot, just, r- just remember that quote and... Remember that passage from the Bible? Memorize it and yeah. write it to yourself once a day. But Problem at the solved. same time, if you still think you look ugly, well, no one will look ugly in the resurrection. So yeah. just make sure you're saved. Absolutely. Like, go to Jesus and say... If you've got a problem with it, it's a disease that is easily solved. Just wait. Just wait? Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. 
That's awesome. All right. Hey, let's have a look at some other news here. Uh, actually, I have another appearance-based news story here that's in relation to something that I knew nothing about until something very viral happened around this topic, and that is alopecia. Before yes. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, I had Never no idea what that is. Well, I knew what being bald was. Yeah. But I didn't know it had a fancy name. Like, well... I kind of probably... If I'd have thought about it, I was like, oh, yeah, this probably has a fancy name. But now we know it has a fancy name. like, for example, like how men go bald as they get older. That's yes. not alopecia. Right. That's that's just aging. Baldness. That's just baldness. Whereas alopecia is a specific, like, autoimmune disease that attacks anyone at any age. And actually, recently, I came across someone. I met this guy. He was, like, 18. And he had some hair missing and I thought, oh man, he must have, you know, him and his friends must have had fun with the clippers or something like that, you know, just like playing, playing pranks on each other. But it turned out he had alopecia and he's like 18 and he's like, and, it, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's really tough to go through. But yeah, before Chris Rock, before Will Smith, like I had no idea what alopecia is, but apparently I was just reading up on it, like 7 million people in the United States alone deal with alopecia which is still a pretty small percentage of the population but again this is an autoimmune disease that isn't just like reserved for it's not it's not balding this is like women men young girls young boys like struggle with alopecia and uh i think this is like i i really see all the talk around alopecia as a result of that event mm-hmm. happening uh and now the fda has approved its first ever alopecia treatment like its first ever like fda approved drug that can solve alopecia. This specific drug, like it's marketed as, it's called Olumiant, Olumiant. And essentially, you take it and one third of the patients that were in testing for this drug had full regrowth and grow back of their hair. Uh, another third had partial regrowth and grow back, but they had full regrowth to their like eyebrows and whatnot. And uh, yeah, and the other third were still struggling and they had to take other remedies and drugs to get it through. I'm like, wow, that's... that's- help some people that's fantastic but i just think it's so funny that something so controversial and silly can happen in in media that gives like so much attention to a disease that no one even knew we would about. never be talking about this news story we would never know about this news story if it wasn't for chris rock and yeah. uh will, will smith, smith. yes yeah, having right. a punch up on stage that's right but now this is helping a lot of people and as we just talked about when it comes to appearance like we are fearfully and wonderfully made and if you don't like your appearance now you will like it in the future because in the resurrection when jesus comes back and when we're standing there waiting for him and when we go from you know mortal to immortal and uh, corruptible to in- incorruptible you know alopecia won't be a problem that we will have to think about but at the same time it's also good that we're doing something about it here and people can feel in some ways better about themselves okay final story that i have here comes out of morocco where they are in a very dry desert scenario and setting you know how they get water there because it doesn't rain it doesn't rain in, in uh, this area. from wells from wells sometimes you know where else they get water from from rivers sometimes you know what else they get water from from the air yes from the air from fog have you ever heard of fog nets before yeah kind of but i don't really know much about them so basically they're these like 
multi-mesh layered nets and they just catch the fog and turn it into water and then like store it in the bottom and there's this really cool photo that i have here like under these nets there's a tank and this guy's just going up with his water bottle and open up the tank and you know putting some water in his water i'm like that's so awesome we could just put these everywhere everywhere that's foggy we just put fog nets and then you just have like water supplies all over the place like in the woods in the desert in the outback wherever you want just chuck wherever you got fog Wherever you got fog, just chuck up fog nets and then you have water. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hello, Lawson, let's have the next question for our quiz. All right, question number two. I'll try not to give away the answer for this one. Bildad came to see me. If you know who Bildad came to see, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And if you do, you will get your name in the drawer for the quiz, which is for Food as Medicine. Amazing cookbooks that uh, will essentially enable you to be happy, to be healthy, to eat tasty food, to provide for others. Like there is literally nothing that this book can't do. Maybe well, there's a few there's things. A few things. There's anyway. a few things. But there's a lot it can do. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Bill Dad came to see me. That is the clue if you know who this is. 0491-064-669. Okay, so speaking about alopecia, uh-huh. uh, Marilyn says that it can, it can come from medication as well, mm-hmm. which, of course, we know from chemotherapy and so forth. Mm. And then Braden says this. Mm. Conspiracy alert. Oh, the pharma company producing the drug hired Will Smith to slap Chris Rock to promote the disease. Very tongue-in-cheek, but maybe. Uh-huh. Now, what's interesting about this is we did get a text message back when this happened. Uh-huh. I think it was from Paula, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Who said, you watch. Now that it's been highlighted, there will be a cure for alopecia released very soon. That is deep. D- I'm actually... Like- I am shaking that right now. Send shivers down I'm your spine lost. right there. Paula, Paula, Somebody, I think Paula was, the I'm prophet. I'm not sure whether it was Paula. It was someone. It was, but what, yeah, I think it was. We think it was. Yeah. That's tough. Mm, there you go. All right, anyway, let's get to uh, some more serious news here. The University of South Australia has just released a study on children and happiness. Mm-hmm. It has found out that children universally record much higher levels of happiness and well-being without screens. That so makes if you sense. think that you are giving a screen to your child so that your child will be happy, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. You are making your child sad by giving them a screen. Uh, they've stated that this uh, research has noted that the crisis that we have created with screens with children has created an acute need to get rid of said screens Mm. out of their lives. Mm. Uh, They pointed out that uh, obviously after-school sports is one of the best things that you can do with children, but then they've noted that it's not just about movement. Mm. So this is really interesting because... We've all said, you know, we all understand that, our, that that sports are excellent for kids to get involved yeah, in because like they're going to be running around, they're going to be exercise, yeah. getting some fresh air, getting some sunshine. Mm-hmm. We know they're going to have much better emotional health. They're going to have much better physical health. They're going to have much better health across the board if you can get them running around and doing things outside. They have noted that it's not just about the exercise they're getting because students who are doing homework – as in our inside, in a sedentary environment, looking at 
pages rather than screens still have a way higher happiness quotient than those who are looking at screens. But it's also like I think it's what the screens are doing. Like, and, and I just sort of butted in there. Just got to butt in and say that uh, homework did not make me happy when I was a kid. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But doing homework, like it ultimately creates discipline and it enables a child to to do work, to get things done. Because I think the problem with screens, it's like the, the problem with plonking a screen in front of a kid is because what what's the point of it? It's to distract them with content that doesn't, help them or enable them to be better. It's like it's created, content created by the Chinese to make you dumber. It, yeah. That is literally what it is. Sure. I, Lyle, I, mm-hmm. I'm inclined to agree. But, that's TikTok. But whatever it is, <laughs> that's TikTok. It is. Uh, what it is. But essentially, like, whether it's an iPad with homework on it or it's a page with homework on it or it's a computer screen with homework on it, like, I think it's the activity that you are doing that's the most important thing. And so, yeah, if you're you're plonking, you know, an iPad in front of a kid and saying, "Yeah, go for a watch TikTok, play Fortnite, do whatever you, you want." You watch like, TikTok, you just come out dumber every time. Sure, like Lyle, I, yes. I'm I'm not an, a, pro, a proponent of TikTok, but at the same time, what you're saying is kind of silly. Uh, but no, it's not. No, it's not. I've watched <laughs> no, no. I've watched I've watched like three videos on TikTok, and I was immediately dumber. Wow. That's that's, <laughs> that's conclusive. That, that's, uh, that's you know conclusive. what? Uh, that's uh, that's well, it's not conclusive. It's anecdotal. But you know, Lyle, you are pretty dumb. So, <laughs> so fair, fair enough. TikTok, TikTok made you dumber than right. okay. Dumber than I cool. already was. <laughs> All right. This was no small study. They surveyed or researched sixty-two thousand. That's students, a lot of kids, particularly for Australia. That's mm-hmm. a big study for Australia. Uh, years four to nine. The factors that they looked at were happiness, sadness, anxiety, engagement, perseverance, resilience, optimism, emotional regulation, and life satisfaction. And across the board, every single one of those was higher when kids were not looking at screens than when kids were looking at screens. Uh, kids that played sport after school were 15% more optimistic, 14% more happy, 14% more satisfied, 10% better able to regulate their emotion. Uh, people, kids that did not play sport were 9% less likely to be happy, 8% less likely to be, likely to be optimistic, 11% less likely to have, uh, to, to persevere. Mm. So this is, this is a, this is across the board. Mm. This is, this is universal. And so the greatest thing that you can do for your child's happiness is to get rid of screens out of their lives. That's the, that's the totally. simple thing at the end of the story. I mean, hey, when you were a kid, what did you do after school? You probably roared around on motorbikes, right? Yep. And when I was a kid, I did all kinds of stuff outside because when I was a kid, we didn't have a TV. Yeah. Because my parents were like, yeah, no, nah, no screens. We didn't have a TV. But I got to say as well, like, I don't know, by the time I was probably like 13, like year seven, year eight, like in my room, I had a screen with my PlayStation hooked up and I'd either go riding or I'd, you know, ride in the game. I was like, I was like a big, big fan of the motorbike games and stuff. But ultimately I can, I can ultimately say that that did not help me. No. It did not advance my career. It did not help me to... Because at the time, I was like, oh, I want to be a professional motorbike racer. Going and playing motorbike games in my room definitely didn't enable me to be a better motorbike racer, but also didn't enable me to be a better student or a better friend or a better kid or whatever it is. So, okay, yeah, I agree. We've just discovered the world's largest fish. Oh, that sounds so cool. Guess how big it is. And guess where they discovered it? Is it Australia? No. Where? Cambodia. Okay, Cambo. Absolutely. The, okay, the world's biggest fish. It's, the world's, it's fish. the world's biggest freshwater fish. Okay. 
Okay. It's discovered in a river in Cambodia. Uh-huh. And this thing weighs 300 kilograms. So that's decent <laughs> for, a, for a fish in a river. That's almost as much as me. Yes, this is a fish <laughs> in a river. Um, so that's 662 pounds. I kind of suspect that might be a little bit more than you, Lawson. Yeah, maybe. But guess what kind of fish it is? Uh, it's not a shark. Okay, because that's like the go-to. Is it like a big catfish or something? Okay, so the previous record was discovered in Thailand. It was 293 kilograms, and that was a catfish. Mm. This one is not a catfish. What is it? It's a stingray, a freshwater stingray. Okay, so you've got three categories of fish. You've got saltwater fish, and the biggest ones of those, of course, are the whale shark things, you know, Mm. like you can go and see them in Western Australia. Um, Then you've got the... Uh, the fish that live between, so they'll go from saltwater to freshwater and back again. Mm. And then you have fish that are exclusively freshwater only, and this one is exclusively freshwater only. It's a stingray, and it weighed in at 662 pounds, and it's still alive because why would you kill something so special? They tagged it so they can track it and put it back in the river. So if you go for a swim in the river over there in Cambodia, that is... you might be swim- swimming with a 300-kilogram stingray. Bro, I know what those things did to Steve Irwin, and I don't want the That same. was a saltwater one. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, but like, the freshwater ones don't have a stinger on the yeah, back? Yeah, it's called a stingray because there's a sting. Yeah, but then it's like that is the f- creepiest, freakiest thing ever. Like, I think catfish are creepier. Yeah, but catfish not as can't dangerous. sting you. Like... Like, that's the thing. Like, this stingray, if it's that big, it's, like, stinger would be able to just, like, impale your entire body. If it's mad with you. Yeah, it's a pretty rare thing to happen. This is so scary, Lyle. I'm like, that is... You're not going swimming in, to, in, in Cambodia? No, next I'm time not. Ever? I'll go to Cambodia. I'll hang they out have the, They have the third most diverse fish, freshwater fish habitat that's anywhere awesome. in the world. Mm. Yeah, but it includes freaky deaky stingrays that are literally ginormous. Yeah, it's like ten times your size. It's like it's yeah, it's seriously. Okay, that's I'm scared. Like I'm actually just nervous. A little bit freaked. Well, we have bull sharks in Australia in our rivers. Surely they are much worse. Nah, we can beat them up. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are going to have another clue for our quiz. Lawson is going to bring it to you. Yes, we are. Number three this morning. Jesus uses a parable to compare the kingdom of heaven to what small seed? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you can go into the drawer to win Food as Medicine, the amazing, awesome, healthy cookbook that will improve Lots of things in your life. It'll improve your physical health. It'll also improve your mental health, which is something we're going to be talking about right after this. It's also going to improve your social status because you'll be able to make good food. And it's just amazing. So 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, Jesus uses a parable to compare the kingdom of heaven to what small seed? Fantastic. Well, joining us on the phone this morning to talk about emotional health is Jennifer Skews. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Fantastic to have you here as always. And where do we begin our discussion today? Well, last week we talked about the brain and how we fast track and slow track information. Um, So I thought we could continue on from that and have a look at how the mind works as far as um, how we make decisions, what, what happens when we fast track and what happens when we slow track. 
and how can we bring it back to the present? Um, because that's the only time we have is right now. Um, so one of the things that people need to understand that with the brain, the brain we've talked about is programmed with all sorts of information that we've learned, beliefs and values, and that goes back to family, religious, societal beliefs, and they colour our world, and we actually operate through what we believe. So if we have the right belief system, and this is where I think I know from the Bible that gives us the best belief system we can ever have, um, but if we have a worldly belief system and believe things that aren't true, or think in errors, then this is where our mental health deteriorates uh, and our physical as well as, of course, spiritual health as well. So one of the things the brain does, what is programmed feeds what we think. So when you have a thought, it is a reflection of what you actually believe. So if I believe the truth, what I think and then what I say is going to be right. Um, but when we have the thought, the thought will feed the feeling. We cannot have a feeling without a thought. So if I want you to feel sad, what do you have to do? Well, you have to think sad. I'm, well, from what I'm... Yeah. Okay, so thoughts feed, feed th- feelings rather than the other way around. Uh, a lot yes. of the time we hear this concept these days that feelings feed thoughts and our feelings are what we are, our feelings are what is real, our feelings is what is truth because it's yes. our truth, it's our experience. Nobody else can deny that and so therefore, you know, essentially we are God because we make up what is real and what is true. That's right and if it feels good, do it seems to be the principle today and people say, oh, it felt so good, it felt so right. But feelings are well, what I call fickle feelings because feelings are a reflection of the thoughts and beliefs. And if they're the wrong beliefs and the wrong thoughts, then the feelings won't be right either. They'll be very deceptive or very negative. Okay, so if so, we have a wrong worldview, if we have a worldview that's actually promoting error rather than truth, yes. then our thoughts are going to be in error, which means that our feelings are going to be in error. Absolutely. And then we wonder why we're depressed and sad and can't get over it and uh, life is miserable. Or fear is the biggest one at this time, as we know, with all the disasters, climate, what they call the climate change, as well as um, all the pandemics and lockdowns. So fear is one of the major drivers because fear is our protector when it's used well. But we're running on fear that isn't good for us. So that's, I think, a big one at the moment that people need to deal with. Mm. So what you believe, like when you have a look at what you believe, if you believe everything the media tells you, you're going to be in fear. So this is where we have to step back and rethink and look at reality um, and what's going on. Um, and again, this is where I find when I look at the Bible worldview and what prophecy tells us, I have nothing to fear. But if I look at the world, I have everything to fear. It's, uh, and we've had we've so, had you know repeated instances during the COVID crisis of various experts in the field who have come on and said you know we need to limit the amount of time that we spend watching news or listening to news yeah. in the media because it can be damaging to mm. our health. Absolutely, and every channel tells you the same thing, or every media tells you the same thing, and it's not good news. That doesn't sell if it's good news. So most of the news is bad news. So I choose not to. I do get updates on what's really going on, but not via the mainstream media because it puts fear into me. 
So uh, it's something I think people have to think about, and that's because it changes or it influences our belief system. So we start programming the fear, then we're going to think in fear. So whenever we see something, we're going to make it a catastrophe because we're running on fear. Um, and it's not the feelings aren't true. So because when you then have a feeling, it gives a feedback loop to the brain. But the initial feeling is a reflection of what you're actually thinking. And what you're thinking, of course, is what you believe. So if we use our feelings as a barometer, and I get people to do what I did with you, I said, well, if you want to feel sad, what do you have to do? And then you have to think sad. So I get people to listen to what they think. And it's interesting because a lot of people say, I don't know what I'm thinking. I just know I'm feeling this way. So you've got to train people to start to tune into the brain and that little chatterbox up there that keeps telling you these things. Um, And when people do, they're quite a bit shocked at times. And it's not knowing the exact thoughts, it's the trend of the thoughts. Mm. So uh, then we break it down to an event or an incident, something really simple, a phone call, and you get upset about it. So what happened and what were you thinking about? And people start to train the brain to listen to the thoughts, not just the feelings. So what about Um, the people that are, you know, we, we often describe people as being glass half full or glass half empty. Uh, yes. is, is that because they have a different way of thinking about the things that they are seeing rather than a different way of feeling about the things they see? Yes, they look at two sides of the coin. You know, there's all these wonderful sayings we have. So instead of just taking, you know, if someone tells me something that is they heard on the news and it's a bit scary, I think oh, I'd better go and check it out versus just believing it. And then often when I check it out, it mightn't be true. It could be an exaggeration. And if it's true, then I have to deal with it. So... It's being able to work in the present moment and it's what we call being mindful, um, being in the present, but being able to use our mind in the way that is God-given and that is step back and this is we talked about left and right brain. We need to work with the left brain to think rationally, even if we're not feeling rational. Mm-hmm. So the brain has to discern is that feeling real or not instead of just believing it and running with it and getting upset or angry or excited. Um, So it's a a challenge because people are so used to, the brain is so programmed with this way of running on feelings that it takes a bit of practice to step back. But if you're not aware of it or you don't know how, then you're going to continue living on your emotions. Okay, so when we look at certain sectors of society that... Um, that do run on feelings and we, you know, we continually tell them, you know, what, what is what is in your brain is what is right and what is real and yet mm-hmm. we know that it isn't and then we see these very high rates of suicide, very high rates of depression amongst these you know, sectors of society, then it seems mm-hmm. to me that, you know, we've found a major part of the cause right here. That's it. And with depression, there's what we call endogenous depression, and that's when there is a brain chemistry imbalance, and that's a whole field on itself. Just that food as medicine is one of the keys to the door to that imbalance. But the other one is um, the depression is relevant to what's happening to them in the present. So it's really focused on the reality of their life, a lot of depression, which you can treat as called situational depression. So that is very treatable with what we're talking about here, where if it's biological as well, then they have to treat that brain chemistry imbalance, which you can do very naturally. There's a lot of good things you can do to help the brain balance. Mm, mm, mm. 
So when we talk about situational uh, depression and we think about you know, different circumstances that would bring that on, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. particularly in your part of the world, you've had a lot of flooding up there that would yeah. have created a lot of a lot of that kind of a problem in you know recent months. Uh, what yeah. about things that everybody experiences, like for instance, grief? Is grief mm-hmm. automatically situational depression, or is grief different from that? Well, grief it is the situation that's causing it. Um, if the stress of that grief is so high, it can impact the brain and then cause a a chemical imbalance or a problem of brain function. But generally, grief is a normal reaction to the loss, a major loss in your life. And depending on how attached you are to that loss as to how big that grief is going to be. Um, And everyone grieves differently. So when I'm working with people with grief, I've got to look at, well, how are you dealing with it and what's a way that you can deal with it? And it depends on what the loss is and what their part in it was. So it's very um, multifaceted and it's individual. Mm. But it's the way we're thinking that will help you through the grief. Acceptance is a key factor. Sure, sure. I mean, it's not. It's one of those things that you know we can't avoid. We're going to face numerous times in our life, and Absolutely. we need to have the skills to be able to deal with it when it does come, so it doesn't turn into something that you know cripples our life. Yeah, and we see our belief system. When you look at what what does our world or in Australia, for example, what do we believe about grief? What were you taught as a child about learning to deal with grief? Were you given any instructions? No, not really. No, not really. You go to other cultures like the Italian culture or some of those Mediterranean cultures, they're allowed to grieve. They've got a grieving process. Some cultures have a wake and celebrate the life. Um, Whereas in our culture, we don't know what to do with it. What about cultures where they're hiring people to wail, for instance? Uh, you find some cultures where a funeral is a very noisy, a very, you know, a massive outpouring of emotion. And people are actually hired to come along and help with that outpouring of emotion. Is that something we can learn from in our culture or not? Well, I don't think we would do that because our culture isn't um, so, what can I say, demonstrative. We tend to internalise. Um, so it's finding ways of grieving. I, unless the person is very extrovert, then that might be helpful. So that's part of the culture, so it's acceptable. Right, so we need to, we need to, um, we, sorry for butting in, but we need to grieve within the context of our culture because if we do it yeah. outside of the context of our culture, it becomes weird for us and everybody else, and that's not healthy either. Yes, it's not. And I, I've got a, um, a client that's doing massive grieving, multiple losses, and a few months down the track, it's like, what's wrong with me? And when you have a look at what the losses are, that's what's wrong. Yes. And they're finding it hard to get their head around the reality of that loss. So that's what has to happen. Mm. Um, so in our culture, we probably, well, we turn to friends to support us through the process. Um, and that makes a big difference. Or family, if we're family connected. Uh, some people go and get counselling and help that way. Um I think there's a lot more information for people now and a lot more services to help them through the grieving process. But it's something we're all going to do many times during our life, particularly as we get older. And, of course, you know, when you talk about those support networks, um, yes. church is always free. 
wherever you go. Church is free and there's a community of people there that are there because they want to be like Jesus. In other words, they want to be caring. So it seems to be to, a, to be a no-brainer, regardless of whether you're a person of faith or a secular person, that church is yeah. going to be a valuable place to go when you're struggling with these kind of things. Would, would you agree with well, that? Well, yeah, for many people it is. It's when they might turn to a church. Um, but if you have a look, what you believe about what happens after you die is relevant to the grieving. So people who have a belief system that says no, you know, we're talking about church and we believe that Jesus um, is going to come again and we will be with him and there is eternal life. That is a different grieving process to someone who believes that's final, I'll never see their loved one again. Yes. You see? So that makes a huge difference as to grieving. Absolutely. I've done both times of funerals and very, mm. very much this is the case. Mm. Mm. So it's uh, helping people at this time to go through that process. And this is where I find uh, pastors or someone in that role, um, someone who specialises in helping people can make a big difference to that individual. So it's important. Yeah, indeed. Jennifer, you always bring really interesting insights to our show here on, on The Breakfast Show, and so we appreciate very much every time you come on. Thank you so much for joining us again here on Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.